0: Hello there and welcome to the podcast biblical question we're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us we certainly hope and pray that you'll be edified and christ would be glorified for more information about us i'd encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com all one word where there is no s on the end biblicalquestion.com there also if you're interested in about future uh, podcasts coming up uh, if you go there there's a tab called uh podcast index and there you can find uh, people have submitted questions and the uh, ones that we've already done and then we have the coming soon part uh, where we're working on the answers to those questions that have come in so if you're interested in that I encourage you to do that there's also a prayer list there and you know, if you're a prayer warrior I'd encourage you please to pray for these people who have requested prayer request. also there you can find a statement of faith more about us and a way of contacting us for your own prayer request or Bible questions as well on the contact page. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, uh, starting in verse 6. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life in peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself To the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. Verse eight, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Him. Today we're going to talk about God's wording versus man's wording. And You know, we live in this political correct society, and that's what we're kind of going to talk about today. And if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to please open it up and follow along. And if you want to open your Bible and mark it to Isaiah chapter 64, Isaiah chapter 64, and then turn with me to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. When we sin against God, we like to use words that that don't sound so evil or or so bad when when we sin against God. You know, we like to think that God is really soft on sin since we are. And yes, I understand he is a forgiving God, and there is grace and mercy and compassionate from God. But on the other hand, we always like to try to ease our conscience. And we try to ignore how ugly sin is and the way the world tries to describe sin. I was going through some scriptures here, and I found some wording uh, to describe sin from, from God's view. Murder, fornication, abortion, homosexuality, pedophilia, stealing, bribery, domestic violence, child abuse, coveting, false worship, take in the name of the Lord in vain, false witness, haughty eyes. Lust, wicked plots, pride, gluttony, laziness, ethnic cleansing, prostitution, intoxicated, pornography, abused power, drunkenness, idolatry, idolatry, malice, illegitimate birth, running to evil plans and people, incest cowardly I mean there are actually more descriptive words that God uses to describe sin and in a Bible study and a word study you could probably find more and these are sins that mankind commit every day however I think you get the idea of what I'm trying to say here again maybe some of us listening uh, I know English is not always the first language of the majority of our listeners but do we really know what some of these words mean? Some of it could be that you know we're either too young or because we actually have softened up the words so much in our English language that we don't think the sins that we are committing are nearly as bad sounding as the words in the list I just read. So many times what God calls a sin, uh, the words have a way of, of piercing us. It, and so in order to soften our conscience, we we change the words so they don't sound so offensive or, or so blunt because we don't like bluntness anymore in our society. And I actually don't mind people who are straightforward. You know where they're coming from and and are the people that sit behind a fence uh, down in a hole somewhere and launch grenades at you. Um, you never really know uh, where those people are coming from. As someone told me a, a rated R word Uh, Perhaps we try to turn it into a rated G word, using the the motion picture uh, ratings here. So, instead we call it uh, women's health, a lifestyle, shacking up, finding our own way to heaven, trophies. A verbal expression, mercy killing, taking it easy. Civil War, Little White Lies, Getting Ahead in Life, Keeping Up with the Joneses, Overeating, Buzzing, A Choice, Fork tongue, Looking Out for Personal Interest, Cheating, It Is Due Me, Just the Cost of Doing Business, Political Savvy, Entertainment, addiction, lonely, kicking the tires, and it's just my life and you stay out of it. After all, God loves me and would never send me to hell. He has no choice but to forgive me and love me. (laughs) Be careful with that thought and that idea. Because he would always accept me as a worshiper of truth. After all... I trust and follow my heart. And that, folks, is a dangerous thing. In Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 and 7 says this, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created on the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and the birds of the sky. I am sorry that I have made them. A few verses down in verse 11. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has become before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them, and behold, I am about to destroy the earth. As we all should know, God does destroy the earth by sending a flood that would destroy every living thing, not inside the ark with Noah and his family. Since we may make light of sin and we soften it up with easier words to swallow or to hear, we think God is right there with us, making light of our sin too. But listeners, this is where we really make our mistake. If God took sin lightly, why would he ask Noah to build an ark? If God takes sin lightly that Israel would commit... Why would God allow other nations to conquer them and destroy the city of Jerusalem? Why did God allow his people to be taken in captivity? After God would send prophet after prophet to warn them to stop and repent, the prophets would go to the king and and say, Hey king, uh, you need to turn the country back to, to righteousness in the way that God wants us to live? Now this is from the English version for the deaf here, Isaiah 64, verses 5 and 6. You welcome people who enjoy doing good, and remember you by living the way you want them to. But we sinned against you, and you became angry with us, but you always saved us. We are dirty with sin. Even our good works are not pure. They are like blood-stained rags. We are all like dead leaves. Our sin has carried us away like the wind. You see, listeners, it really doesn't matter what you and I think of us or me, myself, and I. At the end of the day, the bottom line is this. What does God think? And what does God think of us and what God thinks of sin? As the prophet says, we are all dirty with sin, like dead leaves and like blood-stained rags. There is nothing political in this wording that's a correct statement in our world today. And the sooner that you and I come to the understanding this is how God sees us as sinners, the sooner we, we can come to the understanding that we need God and we need his sacrifice at Calvary's cross. God despises sin. Sin has destroyed the relationship that he had once with mankind in the garden. Sin forced Jesus to be brutally beaten and sacrificed and suffer a horrible death so that we may have a relationship again with God as he planned before the time began. You know, as we read here in verse 5, God does... Welcome people who enjoy doing good and living the way Christ wants us to live. In order to live right without sinning, we we have to know what God expects of us. Not what we think or what we feel, but what God says. He is the ultimate authority. He is the judge at the end of the day and time. He will be our judge. Subjective feelings will only lead us to a wrong path. Feelings change daily with some people, sometimes hourly. And I think if you stop and think about why we have such a high divorce rate, even in, among Christian groups, sadly, is we were married because of subjective uh, feelings. We, we really did not get to know the other person. We didn't study them. We, we, we didn't get to know them uh, outside of a bedroom, okay? We did not get to know them and their Christian values, their morals, how they think, and and what makes them click and tick. And would they make a good Christian mate? Again, feelings lead us to the wrong path. Here's Jeremiah in chapter 17, verse 9. says, The heart is more deceitful than all else, and it is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And boy, that really sums it up. You and I cannot trust our feelings. Our hearts can and they do deceive us because we allow things to be put into our heart and mind that are not godly. That has nothing to do with scripture. Oh we might try to convince ourselves that it is, but at the end, oh, we deceived ourselves. When we do this, again, we cannot be deceived. God will never throw us curveballs. If we are studying uh, the Word of God and we are sincere in trying to learn who He is and we're praying about it and trying to let the Spirit of the Word uh, lead us in our lives, we're never going to be tricked. He wants us to, to live a life that is above board. A life that is a reflection of who He is and who Jesus is and what he did for us. Jesus never told the Father how things were going to be. He did not lay out ultimatums or try to bargain with the Father, say, well, you do this, I'll do that type thing. It didn't work that way. Jesus completely surrendered everything and anything to the Father, and he let the Father make those decisions and lead him. Jesus' life was a perfect life. It is a perfect example for us without a single sin. Because Jesus was sinless and blameless. The scripture makes that very clear. Because he was this way, he was able to offer himself as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Here's Jesus in Matthew chapter 26 verse 28 says, For this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. You see, that's how we really receive forgiveness of our sins is through the blood of Christ, through that new covenant that he has established for us that we call the New Testament. Jesus' blood was shed for sin, not mistakes like we like to try to call them, not for little white lies or lifestyles or hobbies, Not for trying to keep up with the Joneses or trying to stay ahead in our business, pride or forked tongues, being sneaky, uh, it's my life and so on, as, as I've already pointed out. We need to be living our lives above reproach, without appearances of evil, so that we may find ourselves worthy in front of our judge on the last day. You know, I, I remember working with a, a small congregation in Missouri years ago. Every year, their local church there had had a gospel meeting. And on that weekend, uh, it would always be at, at, at the theme park there in, in Branson. And I knew people there. I lived in that area for a while. And I knew people who worked uh, at Silver Dollar City. And they would say that shoplifting or theft... On the weekend that this revival gospel meeting was going on would double, sometimes triple. And is that who we are as Christians that we go and claim to be Christians and fly in that flag and then we go steal? Okay. There was more calls to 911 on this weekend complaining about traffic jams and fights because people were cutting each other off and... You know, again, is that a reflection of what we are supposed to be doing as Christians? Is that what Christ-like people are to be doing? Do we think we're above the law of the land, or uh, we can just do anything we want and say? If that's what we're thinking, and we're still trying to fly that flag as Christians, we need to rethink our lives. Listeners, we we must never allow worldly influence to control us in our worship, in our personal prayers, and in our Bible studies. Once we allow this to happen, once we allow worldly influences to control every fiber of our being, this will lead us to destruction. This is what happened with the people in Israel when they would be warned about idolatry and the sinful lifestyles and, that they were doing, and the prophets would continue to warn them. Do we look like, do we smell like sheep? Or do we rather, do we look and smell like a goat? You know, sheep, they really like to eat green grass, and they like to be led and around. And, and Goats, they'll eat anything. And they're very destructive. Is that what we are? There's a very famous prayer that was led before the Kansas House of Representatives in 1996. And the preacher was from uh, the Christian church out of Wichita. And I want to read it for you. Perhaps some of you have already heard it or read about it or whatever. And it was a big topic in the news as well. As well as a commentator by the late Paul Harvey and it was entitled, Heavenly Father. And this is a quote. We come before you today to ask your forgiveness and seek your direction and guidance. We know, your word says, woe to those who call evil good. But that is exactly what we have done. We have lost our spiritual endeavor in our values. We confess that. We have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and call it pluralism. We have worshipped other gods and called it multiculturalism. We have endorsed perversion and called it an alternate lifestyle. We have exploited the poor and called it the lottery. We have neglected the needy and called it self-preservation. We have rewarded laziness and called it welfare. We have killed our unborn and called it a choice. We have shot abortionists and called it justifiable. We have neglected to discipline our children and we have called it being self-esteem. We have abused power and called it political savvy. We have coveted our neighbor's possessions and called it ambition. We have polluted the air with profanity and pornography and called it freedom of expression. We have ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. Search us, O God, and know our hearts today. Try us and see if there will be some wicked way in us. Cleanse us from every sin and set us free guide and bless these men and women who have been sent here by the people of this state and who have been ordained by you to govern the great state of Kansas. Grant them your wisdom to rule and may their decisions direct us to the center of your will. I ask you in the name of your son the living savior Jesus Christ. Now you can use your favorite search engine and listen to this prayer, and, and, and you can actually watch it. And there you will see elected officials in the middle of this prayer. Before it ends, they walk out. The phone rang off the wall for weeks, according to uh, a Topeka newspaper. It showed me that people really did not want to hear about sin. They did not want to know that the root sin is in them. In our society, and they did not want to remove it. People sin, honestly, because we like it. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Does it mean that that's right or justifies it? And we all sin, I understand that. But we need to start working our way toward uh, God and knowing his word, knowing how and what is a sin. And then sometimes that's an issue too. We call things that are sinful when they really may not be. And we need to be careful of that as well. As dirty, blood-stained rags, we we need to be avoiding. We don't want God to see us dried-up leaves that are dead. Are we walking around and walking out with the same attitude of those that heard this prayer, and and walking out and thinking, "Well, I've never sinned. That how dare that messenger try to lay a guilt trip on me?" And I've heard that several times over the years. After sermons, how dare you tell me I'm a sinner? I'm a really good guy. Well, again, you're making a judgment based off of what you have decided is good and what is not, not off of what the Word of God is. We, we probably really need more guilt trips, but those guilt trips need to come from the truth of God's Word. After all of this what now what about our life and the words that we are using to describe sin in our life is that how god would describe it I, I hope and pray that we all would turn to god in his word that we would want to have deeper better understanding of who he is what he expects from us how we worship how we should live our lifestyle, our marriages, uh, the relationships with people who we are uh, married with, should be married to, are not married to. How are we dealing with our businesses? Uh, are we our work ethics? Are they all reflecting who God is in our lives? And I'm going to get an email, I already know it, from somebody who will say, well, you can't see what's in my heart. Well, I may not be able to completely see what's in your heart, but your actions tell me, and your words tell me a lot about what's in your heart. And we're all guilty, and we all need to, to start asking God to, to root out that evil, that darkness, that, that stench, that dead, and remove it so that new life, that new life in Christ can begin to grow. Being a Christian, it takes discipline. It, it, it takes. This is, a, this is not a child's game. You know, we, we send kids to, to Bible school, BBSs and different things, and, and that's fine. And we need to do that. We need to raise the children to know who God is. But that's where we leave it sometimes as, as parents or, or, or as members of a congregation, and we just kind of drop it at some point, and we we can't do that. Being a Christian is a lifelong process that takes God's help. It takes knowing the Word of God. It takes knowing and having a good prayer life. It takes other surrounding ourselves, their strength in numbers, with others who are seeking out the truth and want to live the truth, As well. I get emails occasionally say, you know, we can't find a congregation that teaches the entire Word of God. They're always hung up on on a certain topic and that's all they ever talk about. Or uh, they don't believe that there's a second coming or they don't believe there's uh, a judgment day. And that's sad. And I think it's just going to get harder and harder to find uh, the, the traditional quote on church building to go to that that's going to be happening. Despite everybody always believes they're teaching the complete and other truth. I get that. Why would they broadcast? Well, we're telling a half a truth here. They're not going to do that because nobody will come. And so the church started in, in homes in the book of Acts chapter 2 and 3. I mean, they were meeting in homes. I, I can't help but wonder at some point that's where the church end up again at some point uh, to complete a cycle now I I don't know that to be true it it is just simply uh, just a thought and as you listen to the podcast I, I certainly hope that I have encouraged you to to dig a little deeper in the word to to want to know who God is a little bit more and if that's the case please tell others about us pass it on how you found us uh, we don't have a budget to to advertise. We, we'd like to, and if you want to help with that, that would be great. You can do that through our webpage. We have a PayPal account we'd love to be able to do that with as we struggle uh, quarterly to even make a budget uh, to keep this going at times. And we do have some wonderful supporters consistently uh, who help us, and we are so thankful for that. Most of my listeners here are from outside of the United States or outside of the Western world. And uh, they're in countries where the gospel is not always easily attained or found. Uh, they have to go to Internet cafes and download the third world countries and such. And so if you can help us in any way, first of all, please pray for us. We We really need prayers. But if you can do other things to help us, that would be wonderful, greatly appreciated. Uh, Everybody here, there's just a couple of us who try to put this together. Uh, We do it out of the love for God and his word and want to spread it. We make no money. We have no salary. Uh, We all have jobs outside of this uh, to help support our families and whatnot. So please be in prayer about it. Uh, The big thing is tell others about us that they may too learn about it. Uh, We appreciate all the positive feedback that we get. And uh, I want to say we pray daily for the church that is persecuted around the world. Uh, We know that is a very real thing, and it's going to become more and more serious even in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, I think it's already here, but it's going to get worse. And we're going to have people who claim to be Christians and say, you're not being tolerant. Just just This idea we just talked about, uh, that a Christian can fly this flag and still do those worldly things And that's just simply not true. And that's not a politically correct statement. I know it. And that's okay. And so I don't believe Jesus was always politically correct. And so I want to say a special hi and thank you uh, to uh, Lafayette, uh, Indiana. And then a special hello to uh, the Brookings, South Dakota area. We have several listeners there who have been great listeners, very consistent. And we have listeners from, uh, actually, from uh, New York City to San Francisco, to Minot, to Houston, from Mexico City to actually Israel. Believe it or not, it crossed Europe. I mean, they're just all over. And I'm not going to name all the other countries. Australia. They're just. I just am so impressed that God has allowed this uh, ministry to continue to grow and. And I know that he will continue to bless it through your prayers and support and our our efforts here. Again, I want to say thank you for listening. Uh, Be sure to hit that like button and and follow us on your favorite podcast app so that when we do release our weekly podcast, you get an alert that we have released it. Again, visit our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase. There you can also find links to our Facebook page, and our LinkedIn page, and we have uh, a couple other social media accounts that we're trying to get to go, and so if you want to follow us on there too, that would be great. We do post things occasionally that uh, we think are of interest to, to people around the world and how the church is working or, or persecution or whatnot. Thank you for listening. May God bless you, and may He have the glory.